anticipation. Some would say months. The New York Jets are going to be getting Aaron Rodgers as their quarterback for at least the 2023 NFL season. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to an episode, a new episode of Chasing 1969, a New York Jets podcast alongside Teddy Pristash. I am Blake Pace. Boy, oh boy, do we have a fun one today. We are going to talk all the Aaron Rodgers news and drama from the last week of sports. We are going to talk about the what this does to the offense. We're going to take a look at some other free agency news and look at some targets as well, too. Uh, before we get to all of that, make sure to follow us on Twitter at NYJ underscore chasing 69. Same with the YouTube Teddy at Teddy Huncho. I am at spring Blake with four A's Theodore. Is this, where does this rank in terms of like happiest jets moments for you in your lifetime? Not, it, and it's not even the trade hasn't been finalized. We're not, we're not like officially there, but we're there. How does it feel? No, that, yeah, that's what's funny about it all is like, it's still kind of on the brink, but, but I, I said this, you know, uh, uh, a couple hours ago, I was, I was like, I was like, it's not official yet, but today is such a huge day for the New York Jets. Like you think about the NFL and the importance of getting a, a quarterback who is, you know, upper echelon and what that can do for your team and your chances at winning a Super Bowl and, you know, truly in, in one, in one signing or one trade, the jets are going to get like the best, if not, you know, the second best quarterback in jets history, if you want to look at it that way. Um, it, 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 it leaves me like speechless. It's very, very awesome. Um, it is super jets that, you know, last Tuesday, me and you recorded, and we were like, it's going to break tomorrow. It all, and then it just like day after day go by. And then, of course, like today happens and we get the news and we all know it's going to happen. But at the same time, it hasn't happened yet. Like that is definitely still something where, you know, I'm, I'm excited to like dive in and be like, fuck, yes, we have Eric, Aaron Rodgers. But like, let's figure out and get this fucking trade done, because I'd love for it to be official, official, official. Yeah, I mean, that was the crazy part is is the anticipation like, oh, we're meeting, we're getting all there. And then, you know, there was so much that was going to go into it. And, you know, because of the kind of person it is too with Aaron Rodgers, that he is really going to spice things up. And it took him to come on to Pat McAfee's show earlier today to really give a full, full kind of dialogue of what the process has been like, where he has stood, how long has he has stood in that position, and then what kind of needs to happen between now and him officially becoming a member of the New York Jets. So it is one of those very exciting, like, sighs of relief. Yes, it's not done yet, but he has said he intends to play for the New York Jets next season to become a member of the organization. And, I, I mean, Teddy. Let's go. We we haven't – we haven't – look, I'll say this. I am not a Jets fan. I have a huge interest in the team since we've started doing this show and also kind of just grew up around it. So I've I've always entertained the Jets as a team like, oh, it's cool to see them do well. I was never really into this whole Brett Favre thing 15 years ago. I mean, God, I'm, I'm 25. I was like 10 years old when that happened. I didn't, I didn't <laughs> yeah, well, we were in sixth grade. <laughs> exactly. So I, I don't even, we're not going to touch on the historical, like, uh, significance of what Rodgers is doing and what Favre did 15 years ago. But this is one of those first times in, in your fandom where you're looking at the New York Jets and we're saying we have a legit top 10 quarterback playing for the New York Jets. What does that change in terms of impact for your thoughts beyond, you know, just just him getting into the building? But like, where is this going to take this team in this this time frame that he's got? Yeah, I mean, I mean, just first to your point, I have no shame in saying, you know, like I was not a Jets fan the Brett Favre year. No. Like I became a Jets fan in 2009 when they came to Cortland and, you know, I was going to training camp, like that's when it started for me. So truly, you know, in my 15 year career as a Jets fan, like this is, you know, miles and miles above any other quarterback we've had. Right. Um, and, and, you know, we've talked about it and we, and, and in uh, our last two episodes when we're talking about what the Jets options are at quarterback, you know, we said, Aaron Rodgers is the only guy that can come into this room and, and, you know, actually give this Jets team a chance to win a Super Bowl. And you, you think about what is required, you know, of finding a quarterback, you got to draft the right guy. They got to develop um, and, and, or you got to, or you got to like sign a free agent and it works out, which rarely happens. Like, like you think about all the steps you know, we signed Sam Darnold, we go through three years, we sign or we draft Zach Wilson, we go through two years, like, 
you think about all that, all that like heart and pain that we went through as Jets fans, hoping these guys would become a, a good quarterback in this league so that we could have a team that can go out and truly be any team any week. And now, you know, in one fell swoop, once this trade goes through, it's like at least for a year or two years, we got a quarterback that's one of the best quarterbacks in the league, you know, and we got a guy who's been there, done that. We got a guy who, who, you know, is going to be able to play the position as well as anybody in terms of like mentally. Um, so, you know, it really does take this team to the next level. And I, and I've been seeing a lot, um, you know, our boy Jersey Jerry over at Barstool, who I love, I'm I haven't not calling seen out Jersey Jerry, but. It's a clip of him just saying, like, oh, Aaron Rodgers goes to the Jets. Like, is their defense really all that good? Like, are they really – like, last year, this Jets defense really was that good. Like, yep. they were, like, top two in the league. Like, so you put a guy like Aaron Rodgers with these young young bucks, you know, there's still work to be done. The Jets are not – they're far from the best team in the league. Yep. But this, this signing truly elevates them to another level that wouldn't have been possible otherwise. And it's a mold. Everybody talks about, you know, what's the best way to build a successful Super Bowl contending franchise? And there's a bunch of different ways that you can do it. Obviously, if you get a superstar quarterback and you draft and you hit right with a Mahomes or a Burrow, like you are going to put yourself in contention simply because of that quarterback, especially those first few years when he's on a rookie deal. You can bring in all the free agents. Everybody wants to play for that kind of guy. But one of the more successful ones that we've seen in the last decade, and this goes even back to when Peyton Manning first left the Colts and joined the Broncos. If you're getting that quarterback on his second stint and he's got the team around him to kind of elevate the performance, it is a huge path for success. It worked for Manning, albeit, you know, he made the first Super Bowl when he was playing at a high level, but he won the second Super Bowl while being a very not good quarterback. Probably one of the, the worst starting quarterback seasons probably of his career. And he he, he got his Super Bowl eventually. Throwing Denver, ducks so out there. Out. But it worked because he had a great team around him. Um, then obviously Tom Brady is the next guy to do that. He goes to Tampa in that first season. They have a team that is ready to win and compete. Great defense, good skill players, um, a strong coaching staff. Bruce Arians, a very good coach offensively. They go win a Super Bowl. Then Matt Stafford to the Rams. That does the same thing in that following season. It was a fantastic defense that couldn't get over the hump because of Jared Goff. They go and get Matt Stafford and it elevates them to that next level. The Jets are exactly following in that mold here. And, and, Look, Green Bay, as far as we want to say that Rodgers didn't have, he didn't have his back-to-back -back MVP type season that he did in 2022, that team was not at the same level. They lost Devontae Adams. They lost other skill players. They had a bad offensive line. Um, the defense wasn't holding up nearly as well as it would at times. And the defense was always a problem for him, even in those back-to-back -back MVP seasons. I mean, you think about, you know, they were not, it wasn't just Aaron Rodgers was, he was pushing them far in the playoffs. They were getting to NFC title games. And then what would happen? The defense would let up 250 yards on the ground and be like, fuck, here we go. Now the Packers are knocked out of the playoffs again. This is a quarterback that is one of the most successful over the last decade. I've said, and I've said it for years now, until I saw Patrick Mahomes throw football, he was the most talented quarterback I've ever seen play the position. So all things considered, this is following directly in that mold where you're getting a very talented quarterback who still has stuff left in the tank. He's going to a team with a very good, some would say almost elite defense. Skill players are nice. We got to get a few guys back from injury and hopefully they come back in in the early parts of the season and look ready to go. Still stuff to work on, like you said. There's still things, and we'll get into those things at the end part of this episode, but this is how teams are winning Super Bowls now, and if the Jets are trying to get there under this regime, I mean, I can't think of a better guy to go ahead and get that started with than AR-12. Yeah, yeah, I, I totally agree, and like the the whole winning on a rookie contract thing, I, I, I always kind of laugh at that because it does make a lot of sense and it's yeah. awesome. Like when it works, like the guy that comes to mind for me is like Russell Wilson in like his second season exactly. and like big Ben's first super bowl was like his rookie year, second year or something like that. But, but like so many guys who aren't on their rookie deals, who are, who are, you know, Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady and like Matt Stafford who are on these big deals. Like so many guys have won not being on their rookie deal. So, so I think that's kind of like a misnomer. Like obviously it's easy to have more talent on, on your team, yeah. but you just look at the NFL, great quarterbacks have won Super Bowls deeper in their career than their first contract. You know, is, um, is there a higher mm -hmm. bust rate than the quarterback position as far as like first round talents go? I feel like that's one of the positions more so. In the I don't first think it could be possible. It, yeah. It flops at such a high rate. I mean, I think you could almost, 
I, I remember Ryan Russillo saying this, so I'm stealing it for him. But if you went just the last decade, it, it really is like a 50-50 split of this first-round quarterback bus or this first-round quarterback succeeds. So why not just build the rest of the fucking team and then go find the quarterback that's right. already good? Yeah, yeah. And and you also look at, like, uh, you know, the 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 I'm sure you've seen it. It's been trending, like, the list of quarterbacks who teams have traded up for. And, you know, there's some good ones on there for sure. There's Josh Allen and, you know, some other guys that I'm not sure about right now. But there's a bunch of bad ones. There's two that the Jets drafted. Like, mm. there's so it, it, it really is this hodgepodge. So it's just we're skipping so many steps by by going after a veteran and getting a guy like Aaron Rodgers. You know, if we had signed Derek Carr, Jimmy Garoppolo, maybe you would go to the Super Bowl in a perfect year. Maybe. But it's like now you at least have a guy who – and listen, I'm far from saying that the Jets are going to go out and win a Super Bowl. You have to go out and play and do it. But you at least have a guy who, like, you know can get us there, like can bring a team there. And I think you look at this Jets team and it, and, and you, you, you cannot deny the talent on this Jets team. And you cannot deny, like, this Jets team is probably just as talented, if not more talented, than a lot of Packers teams that he's been on from, you know, a full team perspective. So... You know, he's old, but God, this is so fucking cool. I, awesome. I would love like during <laughs> the podcast for it to become official. That would be to, really like, exciting. Go through. Well, the only thing that's officially gone through is uh, Miles Sanders went to the Panthers. That's, to the Panthers. that's about it, yeah. which honestly, like good fit for Miles Sanders as far as like fantasy wise goes. It's like, uh, it's a pretty empty back. Yeah, that's there. that is that's a, a good, good one. Fit. Makes me mad because of Scott, but um, which by <laughs> the way, now that we were talking, I just want to throw this one subtle jab. Do you think Bill's fans like, are, it, I, I don't it's such a small piece of history do you think that they kicked themselves over the fact that they traded away their first round pick to let the Chiefs draft Patrick Mahomes do you think that sits with them at all or do you think they don't even give a fuck because they ended up with Josh Allen and, at the end of the day I would guess they don't give a fuck um but it's just funny that like their main thing that I, I didn't even know that every to be single year you, so I wonder like up, how much they know that right but you think about like like couldn't the Jets have drafted Patrick Mahomes like, everybody could every he was the 10th pick <laughs> right and well i don't think the jets took quarterback that year is what i'm saying but oh i see what but you're but it is just one of those things where like like you look at Dar the darnold pick and you look at you know the zach wilson pick like i get over those quick I mean, personally i'm a very like do what seems right in the moment and then don't look back because it'll suck that you look at my dynasty fantasy football team and that's kind of how my trades line up <laughs> it's usually pretty bad to it look is. back on those it but is. uh but yeah, dude, I'm uh I forgot what we were talking about. So yeah. Quarterbacks. Quarterback, yeah. quarterback, quarterback. So where do we you gotta... think? Sorry, go ahead. No, I'm I'm just saying now it just uh, I'd like to hear your question, actually. On paper, right now in the AFC. Oh, we've, this question. we've talked about I love this, this too. Question. I think we even talked about this before it happened. Where do you put them in the AFC? Like where do you the put them? Yeah. It's just it's one of those things where for me. I'm very excited about like the potential and it's, you know, on paper, I truly think this puts them with like anybody because like, I think you look at a guy like Garrett Wilson, I think Garrett Wilson is a le legit, you know, number one top 10 wide receiver in this league. He was fantastic with say? fucking Mike White and Zach Wilson and Joe Flacco. Right. Throwing he, was the football. he was awesome. Fantastic. And there's you just like like number like like the best of the best wide receivers you just kind of see it you know and and i think that's what we saw with garrett wilson yep. hopefully you get Brees hall like like you look at all these things and if this defense can can you know replicate what they did last year that would like this team the ceiling is a super bowl like it really is like that is the ceiling but i very much you know I want to see it happen. Like, like there's a lot that's got to go down. Um, they got a lot to handle. Like the, the O-line is not figured out the the defense. You, you start, you, you, you take a look at the Jets roster right now and you're starting to see like, Whoa, we don't got a whole lot of players. Like if, 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 yeah. if, a, if, a, if a linebacker goes down, if a D lineman goes down right now with the guys we have, we don't have depth at all. Really. No. So, you know, the Jets very well could be, you know, a top five, top three, top two contender, whatever. 
but you know, I'm not going to go, I'm not going to be overzealous about this because that's just kind of how I roll. Yep. I agree. I there's, there's a ton of work left to be done. I would say, I agree with you. They are, they are, they should be considered a team that like, if, if, if you are doing a Venn diagram of like, not even a Venn diagram, are you saying, can this team win a Super Bowl next season? They're in the few that it's like, yes, they can win a flow chart. Yep. Yep. They are, they are in that. They're in that area with with the Chiefs and the Bills and the Bengals. Um, trying to think of anybody else in the in the AFC right now. I and you know, look, there's still the entire free agency period. There's the entire draft, and then they have to play a full season and be healthy, and it all go well. But what I can say at the very least is they're a good team, and and I also want to give a little bit of credit because like we we talked about this very early on. We talked about this months ago. It's like if you can get Nathaniel Hackett in as your offensive coordinator, chances are you're going to do a good job in trying to land Aaron Rodgers. And he credited Nathaniel Hackett as being that kind of connection between Aaron Rodgers and the Jets. He said that earlier today, where it was like, yeah, once they brought in Nathaniel Hackett as their offensive coordinator, makes things a little bit easier to look at them as a destination. So, any thoughts on I guess. Because we talked about it when they brought that in. It was like, Nathaniel Hackett's the offensive coordinator. Aaron Rodgers makes a lot of sense. Yeah, makes- I, I think that definitely, you know, Aaron Rodgers today said before he went in his darkness retreat, he, you know, he said he was 90% towards retirement, right? Like Just- 90% he thought he was going to retire. And he went in and, you know, decided he wanted to keep playing. Yeah, it is crazy. And, and, and I really do, you know, I I talked, said it last week, but I point to the, the podcast he did. And I saw that he said, like, like, I just started realizing how lucky I am that I get to play football, you know? And I think that's like it, it, the darkness retreat was huge for us Jets fans. What what do you got right now? I just like, there's part of me, like, I I get the drama saying that. $50 Fifty million dollars to just play another season of football. I know he's yeah, got a lot. Yeah, fifty I, million. I never really thought he was going to retire. So to hear he was at ninety percent is crazy. But I, but, but I don't even think he is at ninety percent. I think I think he's just doing that for the dramatics of it. Personally, well, regardless, personally, so. regardless, exactly. What he said about Nathaniel Hackett today, which you know he spoke about as highly as you could speak of of someone, and he said, you know, he doesn't want to dis credit the guy like the Jets hired Nathaniel Hackett because he's a good coach like like not yeah. just because they were trying to get me but you think about a guy who's on the fence about playing it probably feels pretty good to go with a guy who you know you went 13 and 3 with three years in a row you won two MVPs with you have rapport with you know he's gonna let you be you you know you're gonna you know what I mean like you think about the number one thing I worry about with Aaron Rodgers coming to the Jets is, you know, bumping heads, right? Like I don't I don't want the Jets to get in a situation that the Packers were in where, you know, the quarterback is rubbing against the GM and doesn't really like the GM and, you know, there's talks of are him and the coach really all that close. Like I hope that doesn't happen. So hopefully the fact that, you know, he already has this relationship with with Nathaniel Hackett and and has the respect for him, you know, hopefully that that's a positive. Yeah, I think uh, Nathaniel Hackett, and this is going to be one of his first, I mean, obviously things didn't go well for him in Denver and he didn't call plays in Green Bay, but he is going to go into this situation and they are going to know what they want offensively. Aaron Rodgers wasn't going to go to a place where he didn't have control over the offense. It's almost like when Tom Brady was picking his destinations, like, no, he, the, the Buccaneers found their groove that season. He won the Super Bowl right at the midway point when they switched to Tom Brady's offense, they got away from stuff. And so it's like, He's going to a situation where Nathaniel Hackett knows what he likes and that's all that's going to matter. It's not even what Nathaniel Hackett likes, essentially. Aaron Rodgers is going to go in there and say, look, what we had those couple of years when you were here with us in Green Bay, that was fucking awesome. Let's replicate that offense and let's get things rolling here. Um, So I expect him to have total freedom over there. Obviously, he's got a little bit of freedom as it comes to free agents as well, too, if we want to start dipping into the rest of the offense at the moment. But um, anything else, just like big picture, Aaron Rodgers coming to the Jets thing before we dive into the rest of the team? Well, you know, I think oh, the big question we... right now, and yeah, well, yeah, this we is the about. thing is that it's crazy that, <laughs> you know, we're doing this and it's not yet official, right? Yeah, 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 and, yeah. and a trade, a trade between the Jets and Packers has to go down. Um, now to, to set this up a little bit, like when the jets first when it came out that the jets first um met with aaron Rodgers, right the report i heard that i thought was true was that in order for 
them to meet, you know, the Packers and the Jets had to at least come to like a, a pretty close agreement of like, this is what the compensation will be. Right. And now it's coming out that, you know, the Jets want Aaron Rodgers. Clearly Aaron Rodgers wants to play on the Jets. He said that. And the Jets and Packers have still yet to figure out the trade compensation. I mean, do you think that, do you think that the Packers potentially are, you know, just saying, okay, we know this is your only option. All the other guys, all your other backup plans are gone. That deal. I, I saw someone talking about this earlier. I forgot who, but, but basically, do you think that they're basically saying like that deals off the table? Like you guys need to pony up more um, in order for us to get this done. Or do you think it's just, you know, there's some intricacies going on and they just got to figure stuff out, but it's going to happen soon. I mean, if you had I, to I, make a guess, I understand the reason why they might want to, because obviously you want to walk away from the trade saying we got the best offer possible. You can go to the Green Bay Packers franchise and their fan base and say, look at what we got for Aaron Rodgers, who wasn't going to play here and we were ready to move on. I don't see a position where that could be the case. Like I just, I, and, and Connor Hughes put out a report after as well too, where it was like Green Bay has the leverage now in what world? I, I don't understand that Aaron Rodgers wants to play in one place. That is the New York jets. That's the only place he wants to play. And green Bay knows that they don't want to bring him back as their quarterback. So where are you going to send him? You're just going to carry on that huge cap hit for next season. Maybe if you want to do a rebuild, that's fine. But what, you're just going to have him be a part of the organization and send him home and let him sit for a year. A guy that's given you a decade plus of, of his best, you know, MVP seasons, a super bowl championship. Like he has been the guy he said it as well, too. He's probably the best player to ever wear a Packers uniform or the most talented one at the very least. So I, I just I don't get it, it is in bad faith if the Packers are doing that. And it's also doesn't make sense to me. If anything, the Jets have the leverage and they should be saying, fuck, we'll give you a fifth round pick in 2025 because go ahead, carry his salary. Yeah, I, I, I definitely think trying to trying to dissect who has the leverage is tough because definitely you're right most of the reports i'm seeing are saying the packers are the ones but you, the packers have come out and said aaron Rodgers isn't going to be our quarterback next year aaron Rodgers has said he wants to be on the jets so yes you can say oh well the packers can just hold aaron Rodgers hostage and you know worst comes to worst they keep him but you know how much money the packers save if they don't have aaron Rodgers on their team by june 1st how much is it? $99 million. That's how much money they save. $99 million. That's, That's almost insanity. $100 million. I was looking at like the over the cap stuff and, and all, which by the way, I like have a loose grasp of how NFL contracts work, but like, especially when the trades become involved, like I have no clue really how NFL contracts work. The money, but, money doesn't make sense in the NFL. It, it yeah, hasn't for a while. It doesn't, now. but I definitely think that like that right there is is what evens the playing field where it's like the Packers can't say they have the leverage because what are you going to do? Keep a hundred million dollars of cap that you could have had otherwise. Like, Why? so unless unless so, they unless they just feel stubborn as all hell and want to do their best player ever dirty like that while also just tanking for the next season. Fuck. It, it doesn't make sense. I don't. Get yeah. It. And and I don't I do not I mean who's the who's the GM of of the Packers so Budakunst or whatever Gutenkunst yeah yeah which I, I'm not I don't know a ton about him and like his, who he's boys with but Joe Douglas is like one of the most respected GMs in the, in the league so I would assume that you know whatever's going on I I feel like these are guys who just handle business the right way and like that I lean that. I lean that most likely, you know, they're figuring out intricacies and maybe there's some back and forth about compensation, but I don't, I like to believe that there's not the dirty work coming out. I just think it's kind of an interesting theory. To me, the only thing that would make sense is, is how much money is Green Bay going to hold on to? And I said this last week as well, too. To me, if you're trying to figure out some difficulty, it's okay. What players are you going to take back? If you take back certain players, does that mean we have to carry more money here in New York? If we don't send players back with you, 
how much money are you guys going to be willing to hold on? So it, to me, it, it all depends on, that's what seems to be to me is like holding it up is not rather the compensation of the trade, but right. okay, if we do this version of the trade, how much of the salary, because the jets are in a position, look, I know they're clearing cap space and, and there are guys that will be moving on from the team one way or the other. Um, but they're still in, in, not in a great spot financially, not especially taking all. on that contract. So it's like, yeah, if I'm the jets, I would love to give up a little bit more, especially if it's in the player form, if I could give up some of these guys like a Davis or a Lawson to then get green Bay to hold on more of the money because I'm giving them talented players. Sure. I'll take that. But I guess it depends. And probably what could be holding it up in green Bay is okay. We're moving on from Aaron Rodgers. We are losing a very talented quarterback, but we still have a decent team. You know, we still have some skill players. The offensive line isn't too bad. And we still have a coach that, look, I don't think a Matt LaFleur, after going 13 and 3, 13 and 3, 13 and 3, and then a losing season is going to be like, yeah, let's just tank things out for a little bit. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if they're going to want to be in a position where they're just like, we're going to bottom out. So maybe they do want the players back. That to me is probably what's holding it up. If it is the Packers thinking that they have leverage, they're out of their fucking mind. Yeah, yeah. I'm really hoping this deal just goes down now because because I don't want as it happens. Just the more it gets dragged out, the more I'm gonna get annoyed. But but yes, yeah, so so as of right now where the Jets stand, um they have sixteen and a half million cap space, which is you know, if you go on over the cap right now, it's like eleven, but they haven't done the Braxton Barrios shit yet. So and you also look at like guys like Corey Davis and Carl Lawson. If we we can't cut them and get the money for it unless we cut them after June first. June. So it's a very like weird situation we're in now, where you know we're gonna have to sign Aaron Rodgers and have this money. Well, that's the thing. Can't you designate it as a post June first and then operate with that money as though? How does that work? The NFL is so I don't know. Confusing. That could be that could be a thing. See, I this is where we're letting our do, listeners down because we should know this shit. <laughs> I don't think anybody knows. This yeah, shit. Who, who the fuck? Like does a June first, de- like I've definitely if heard you that. Do what the else? June would that be first for? designation. I think that means that you can, but maybe what that means is the free agent signings. Then at that point, can you not make them official until June first? That's a pretty fucking long time to make a free agent wait just I, with this that's like, what I'm hypothetical saying. Yeah. contract. Right. The NFL confuses me. Could you imagine if the if the trade didn't happen until June first? Like that would be hell for the next three months. You know, like oh I, like I don't think that's gonna happen. But I that's where I get confused. So, but I do think, you know, like Aaron Rodgers' salary on the books next year is only like a million dollars, but he has like a seventy thousand seventy million cap hit, which like I don't really understand. I do think whatever deal Rodgers comes over with, I like there's a way that. It's like a $30 million cap hit, but I think it can go as low as 15. So so there's ways that they're going to figure out the first year to make it work, obviously. Um, and, you know, like they, there's all these gymnastics they can do. But it is just it, it. the Jets really do feel like we're kind of in this stranglehold. I mean, it's day three of the legal tampering period, right? Free agency starts tomorrow, today, the day the podcast released. And the mm-hmm. Jets have only made one deal. You know, like it, it is. It is a little you know, they're kind of strapped right now, which I mean, they got to get this deal done and figure out compensation with Rogers, but you know, it kind of sucks, but they got to figure this out for sure. Yeah. I, I would say at least the only thing holding me for now where I'm okay with it is it's not like there's like, I don't look at the free agent group right now and see a bunch of names where it's like, I need to get this guy in the door now because if we miss out on him, it's it's going to be a make or break season. For I us. agree. Right now, looking at the full list, and you even sent over a tweet with a lot of the big names, so I'm just going to pull it up on the phone here. But like Orlando Brown Jr., not going after him. We've got too many tackles at this point. Probably will invest in the draft. Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, safety. That would most likely come with a Jordan Whitehead cut, so we would be taking a look at a situation like that. What? Real quick, what do you think of that? I've seen a lot of buzz about already getting rid of Jordan Whitehead after one season. We've yet to talk about that. Yeah, um, that's a good question, honestly, because I've been thinking a lot about it. I am kind of a, like, I really liked Whitehead on the Bucks. Yeah. I really did. And I do think, you know, from like a run stopping perspective, I think he had a decent season. Um, whereas, you know, obviously he he definitely had his moments where it was just like, Jesus Christ, like this guy is blowing it. But, you know, 
when I think about this Jets team and kind of all brick and, and how many guys were able to kind of have that jump, think about what we thought of the linebackers last year, right? All off season. I'm like, can we just sign a couple linebackers and get and bolster this room a little bit? What did yeah. the Jets do? They didn't do that. And their linebacker play was elite, you know? Yeah. So I don't think it's outside. I think realist. I think most likely the Jets keep Whitehead and roll with him, you know, and, and either start and got, him and Chuck Clark, who we just got, or, yeah. you know, draft someone or do whatever. But, but I think the Gardner Johnson signing would be exciting because a lot of Jets fans are like, Oh, it's a safety. We need a safety, but I think you're going to have to give him a pretty decent contract. And I don't know if that's what the Jets are at all trying to do in free agency. Not at that position at the very least. Like I think if they go to that for other positions, like fortifying the defensive line or bringing in an offensive lineman, if there was a player like that, you know, that would make sense to me. But it's safety when you've already got guys there, you're almost kind of just doing a neutral, like we're bringing a guy in, but we're also cutting a guy because of it. I don't see that there. I think wide receiver outside of like, Randall Cobb, <laughs> you know, I feel like, do you, you feel like the Marquez Valdez Scantling deal? And we can even bring that into the conversation of wide receivers. Cause we haven't gotten the chance to talk about that yet. Four years, 44, basically a two. Alan Lazard. What did I, did I say Valdez Scantling? Yeah. I'm <laughs> I was my like, Packers. I was like, I'm getting who, my, what, who do you getting my Packers <laughs> wide receiver, my former Packers no, wide Alan receivers Lazard. confused. Alan Lazard. How bizarre. Um, him coming in there it almost kind of wipes away any any outside weapons, right? What what would you what were your thoughts on I guess the signing yeah, and yeah, his fit? I I one hundred percent thought that the Jets needed to make a move at receiver. Um, and, and I don't know if we ever said this on the podcast, and and it, and it feels kind of like revisionist history, but but like regardless of Aaron Rodgers, I was down. I was in on signing Alan Lazard. Like I think Alan Lazard. You know, it it would have stunk, right, if let's say it's the Jets have the receiver core they did a few years ago. And similar to the Corey Davis signing, it would have stunk if we're signing Alan Lazard saying, I hope this guy can elevate his game and become a number one wide receiver. You know, because that's a really tough story to sell yourself because he tried to do it with the Packers, got his opportunity. I think he had a pretty good year last year and he's shown – you know, he can be a reliable guy. The fact that he's going to come in as our second or third wide receiver, when we already have a guy like Garrett Wilson, who I think is a top 10 receiver in this league, like, and then you pair that with, you know, being familiar with Aaron Rodgers and having a guy that that Aaron Rodgers is going to immediately be comfortable with. Like, that's an awesome fucking signing. And $11 million a year. Like, like, like I saw like one or two people, I'm sure most Jets fans didn't think this, but I saw one or two people like calling it an overpay. And it's like, how is that an overpay? Like we gave Corey like $13 million a year. Like, yeah. like this is what you pay for, you know, one, one of the better, you're not going to get great options in free agency and you have no. to overpay for that. We didn't pay exactly. him $19 million a year. We didn't give him a Nelson Aguilar deal. You know, we gave him a, a Corey Davis deal, which I'm fine with for him to come in and, you know, be the second or third guy, depending on where it all falls out with Elijah Moore. And it's, um, it, it, it so couldn't you, be it couldn't be a better fit for the offense, too, because even be, beyond familiarity, what this offense out of its receivers has wanted uh, reliability and great at run blocking. Alan Lazard yeah. is a fucking animal. Have you seen the pancake play with the Dolphins players where he, t- he sits and he counts? He's like, I fucking knocked three of you guys on your ass in one play. Like, yeah, yeah, he is a yeah. Mean motherfucker. I love Alan great- Lazard. That is what the run scheme, what they've wanted. And I know that we're switching from a LaFleur to a Hackett offense, but still big physical run blockers is what even Sala is, a, is a, it, it, what he wants out of his team, physical and big. You I know, love uh, it. Alan Lazard was the, uh, he was the one who who knocked the the cheese head off of Sauce Gardner when Sauce was Gardner really? was running off a of Lambo. Oh, yeah. I love that. Which well, is kind of awesome, burned. you know, like at I'm, least I'm it's pretty been sure. I'm pretty sure in the moment, yeah, that was hilarious. The little seance our boys had. Um, I'm pretty sure in the moment I was probably like, "Yeah, you pussy, Alan Lazard." Like, yeah. like <laughs> I was like, probably yeah, like talking, jet, but Alan Lazard. But, nah, but dude, that, that's fire. Like, like the fact that we get to bring in Alan Lazard and not expect him to be a number one wide receiver. Like, I, you know, I just think it's a great move. And yeah, I think you're right to answer your original question. I don't anticipate much more to happen in the receiver room unless no. it's, you know, a Randall Cobb or, you know, these, these guys on Rogers list that I'm saying in quotation marks um, that he supposedly gave to gave to the jets. Um, 
But outside of like signing Randall Cobb to be the fifth string wide receiver, I think it's in sad. general, you look at these free agent class, this free agent class. And I, I said this to you before we started, like basically every person the Jets could sign and I'd be like, all right, like that might work. Like maybe there'll be a backup. Like basically every player, that'll be my reaction. I'll give you guys the, my preview to that now. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so you know, I'm interested to see. We are in this interesting spot where like the Jets do have some holes and we have to make this trade with the Packers. We have to do the, do the draft. Like it is going to be interesting how the Jets supplement this team because, you know, the starters look pretty good, but once you get past the starters at this moment, and we don't really have the depth that we need. And there are still positions where we need to fill even in the starters. We still need a starting yeah. center. We still, if we are cutting loss in like, look, even, even starter and depth piece, like at the edge, I want to see more guys in there. We're starting to lose other guys, Um, you know, and, and God, can we please bring Quan Alexander back? That's another guy we got to keep our eyes on as a guy to retain there at the linebacker room. Obviously. We've yeah. So we just Quincy. don't have a center. Connor McGovern isn't no, on our team anymore. No. Yeah. He's a free so agent. Lame. Yeah. Yep. So no center at the moment. Um, I would still think that. What's the other? Is it right guard? No, because we got AVT coming back. So guards are set. Tackles, you're crossing your fingers. Because this is the thing is like we're expecting Dwayne Brown to come back now with the Jets because of Aaron Rodgers. We expect Mekhi Becton to come back, but we've also been expecting that for three years now. So fingers crossed. Still need tackle depth. Um, still Bear need Tucker a center. Probably will end up playing tackle if one of those guys, you know, go away. Exactly. And, so and they need, need another guard. guard. Like, exactly. Yeah um defensively i will never i will never discredit a team for adding in more defensive tackles and edge rushers like you can never have enough of. let's focus on this like like (laughs) it's so funny seeing everyone like come to these realizations all at once like we've all been so hung up on the qb right and then today happens and and now the rest of the team we need help like is like man (laughs) d line's actually really weak and and you look up and you look at our d line we don't have a ton of guys. I mean, like, like you look, we got Quinnen, Lawson, Franklin Myers, Jermaine Johnson. You got Bryce Huff, who's listed as a linebacker, but like those are all starting caliber guys. But then and we're all most likely really cutting have... with with the exception of Lawson, who might be just getting that the axe here one way or the other. Right, exactly. And then, you know, you have Michael Clemens, who's a great guy. But then really, I mean, Tanzel Smart and Bradley and I and Marcus Spencer, I don't know who those guys are, really. I mean, I do, but I don't know anything about them, and they're probably not very good. So, so yeah, it, the Jets have a lot to address here. I mean, like, for the first time in years, it's like cornerback is our is our strongest position, you right. know. That's funny. After the, the Bryce Hall Which Holidays hasn't happened with, in uh, 20 years. Had, you had those former Colts that you signed, like, three of our former cornerbacks. I will yeah, say, if there yeah, is yeah. one position now looking at free agency where it's like, we can just stackpile a lot of guys and just hope that it works out. Edge would be that position where I feel a little bit comfortable. Um, you know, a, a guy like Yannick Ngakwe, he's 27. He's a terrible run defender, but good against the pass. Could bring him in situationally. Um, you could bring in a, a Calais Campbell up front, even though he's a little bit old. He's going to want to play for a contender, but fuck, the Jets are a contender if they've got Aaron Rodgers at quarterback. al Muhammad out of Chicago is really nice. Got to see if they want to bring him back. He was a former Colt. There are names on here at the edge position. Bud Dupree is available. Leonard Floyd, Frank Clark, Robert Quinn, Jadavion Clowney. Like there are guys that are available. No, they're not going to be superstars, but they, if if you're just throwing darts, I mean, might as well, because yeah. like I said, you can never have too many guys up front. Yeah. And if we cut Carl Lawson, you know, like, like I, I think Bryce Huff was awesome last year. Yep but you're instantly putting him into a starting every down role, you know, or you're moving John Franklin Myers back outside of the inside. And then we also got to hope Jermaine Johnson can, you know, step up and really, you know, be more than just uh, come in and, and and listen, I love Jermaine Johnson. I believe in him, but, but we need to see it happen. You know, we need to see him. If we're going to get rid of Lawson, it's expected that, you know, our, our first round pick that we traded up for, is going to live up to that hype. You know what I yep. mean? It automatically oh, yeah. puts a ton of pressure on him to perform this year. Yeah, definitely. The other thing that's funny now looking at like available free agents, and I think the first two off seasons with uh, in this solid regime, we could take a look and be like, okay, what 49ers are we going to just pluck from San Francisco? The <laughs> only problem is now is there are other organizations that now have other former 49ers guys. You've got D'Amico Ryans in uh, 
Oh in yeah, Houston now. Who took uh, what's his? Why can't I remember? Sheldon his Rankins. Name? Sheldon Rankins. They also took Big, Jimmy that Ward. Was, I really took both wanted of those him guys. Back. So those are that's a that's a former Jet and a former 49er where you could have been like, oh, ties to the Jets maybe down in Houston. You've got the uh, I can never say his last name. The Al Shaheem linebacker. Um, what's his name? I'm gonna pull it that's up just right. because I'm gonna butcher butcher it. <laughs> but you know. Tennessee goes and they hire, um, you know, one of the front office guys from San Francisco. So they bring over, let me pull up his name. Cause I'm going to be Aziz Al Shahir linebacker out of San Francisco. They take him. So there goes a linebacker before. depth piece. So instead of a, bringing him to a New York, you're like, fuck all these organizations are starting to figure out San Francisco knows what's going on. So you're starting to lose some of those guys there. You know, that coaching and that GM front office tree is really expanding across the league. So instead of just being able to pinpoint guys like uh, Solomon Thomas coming in or other former guys that are making their way to the jets, it's like, Oh, Lake and Tomlinson. It's like, Nope. Now we've got other options out here. Guys that are also familiar with us. Yeah, I do. Um, fuck, man. I hate when I forget what I was going to say. I apologize. Isn't that terrible? Right when it's like your turn to talk to and it's like, oh. I know. I know. Dead so air. Really, what were we just talking about? The free, we were talking about oh, free agents. This, yeah. So, so and, and I, I, you know, I don't mean to, to loop back around. but Do it. But this is where it gets interesting, right? So the Jets have all these holes to fill. And we can most certainly, like you said, Nice. <laughs> we can most certainly, like you said, take a bunch of dart throws, you know, sign these guys to one year, $1 million deals, one year league men, whatever that is, you know, and just hope some of these guys overperform. But, but it does make me wonder, you know, because then it's like, all right, well, what can we draft? And it, it is a really interesting conversation. I think like the Jets currently have the number 13 pick. And, you know, to circle back to this Rogers trade, the the first reports that were coming out because everyone was like if they trade for Rodgers they're gonna have to go the 13th pick right and then there's reports coming out saying saying you know what they think they can get a deal done without the 13th pick then uh, uh, I think today honestly or maybe yesterday there was reports saying the price for Aaron Rodgers is two firsts then you know refuting reports come out that say the Packers say that the price is not two firsts which, you know, could very well be posturing, whatever. They they could be trying to, like, get the, the value that they want. But it is a really intriguing concept where it's like, okay, if we can somehow keep this 13th pick, then maybe we can get a guy in there. But odds are you're not going to have that, that luxury because that's going to be, you know, the first thing on the Packers list. All right, we want that 13th pick. I mean, if you had to guess right now, would you say that pick's included in the deal? I, I don't I for some reason I think you can get away with the 2024 first and I know that the I'm Packers are going to want first, just make it next year and I know the Packers are going to want this year because obviously if you have Aaron Rodgers you're probably not picking 13th this year but I still at the end of the day I just don't see a situation in which the Packers point. hold leverage that. here and so I just uh I don't know. I would I would I would hope that when we see the report and it finally comes through that it's a 2024 first and you know, maybe you can get away with a mid-round pick this year. I, that I just—I would love for Corey Davis to be included pick, in this deal. They wanted him last year. It would be good receiver help for for a young quarterback. Although, they if you're going to cut him anyway, you know, yeah, yeah. But I don't know if you're if you're signing wide receivers like Jacoby Myers for eleven million a year. Do you want to pay Corey Davis fourteen? Do you? If you're a team, maybe not. Maybe you just let him cut bait and maybe hey, 10. come in. Or maybe that's just his cap. Three years, ten. three years, thirty-three. I think for Jacoby. Oh, for Corey, yeah. you're saying maybe this. I'm 10. just saying Corey's cap hit this year is ten mil. So maybe, like, if you're saying you got to pay ten yeah. mil for Corey maybe Davis, it's, maybe it's not in. that bad. Hey, I, yeah, but also you probably do extend them at this point at least for a year or something like that. If I don't know, I don't know. It's just it, it's so classic that you know. We're having this like finally we got Aaron Rodgers podcast, but we don't yet have Aaron Rodgers. You know, like I would love to fucking. Right, make we're this basing deal everything sure. off just the idea that we have him. Which but but nice. I gotta say, I gotta say, you know, watching the Pat McAfee show today, which was literally like it was appointment viewing for all us Jets fans. You know, I've never watched the Pat McAfee show before, and I never even like at the beginning of all this Jets Rodgers drama, I didn't want to watch his episodes because I knew that most likely he just like wouldn't talk about anything and I would 
just get annoyed. But to just be watching that today and the emotions of hearing him say, you know, you know, this is not decision day. The decision's already been made. And then, you know, like like him going back and forth and kind of toying with us and then saying, you know, my intention since Friday has been to play for the New York Jets. Like that was such a fucking awesome, awesome moment. And like I, I was watching clips of it on Twitter and just oh, like I was just goddamn man. What a crazy day today has been. Crazy day. The Jets. It, I I cannot overemphasize the way that it's like it's like sure maybe this is a one or two year rental, but it's like we are seizing control and we are giving ourselves a shot to win a Super Bowl. And I think that's all you can ask for. I think if this deal gets done, like. The, the talks of Joe Douglas losing his job next year are gone because even if it falls through, it's like, look at what this guy is able to maneuver. Look at what this guy is able to get done. Like I think he, it would, at every step of the way has shown to be competent. The only thing it would switch the pressure to is potentially a potentially a Robert Sala. But in that point too, your offensive corners, then it'll hack it and played a huge role in getting Rogers here. So I feel like as long as Rogers yeah. is here, unless it goes really south unless they like, have a losing season you know and don't make the playoffs everybody yeah that would be the only situation yeah. i think but i totally agree with with the joe douglas talk um any names any positions that people aren't talking most about in free agency that you want there's a few that i i've said and i'll and a few new ones but i don't know if there's anybody you've been looking at that you're like i really want the jets to go in and acquire x player yeah, like I said, it's kind of hard for me to to really like know because all these guys to me are like they're guys I could certainly sell myself on. And certainly if they sign with the Jets, I can be that optimist and look at all the positives that they have. And, and you know, but like there's no one that really grabs me as well. Like I want this guy. And I think it's interesting because you know, it doesn't seem like the Jets are going to be able to be big spenders. So you can't really look at the top of, of, of the market. Um, but, you know, uh, uh, I, I'll say this. Uh, running back is a position that I 100% want them to address the backup running back. You know, I want them to have a, a guy better than Michael Carter who can, you know, kind of be that one-two punch. And when I look at the free agent list of running backs, I'd really be happy with, you know, a lot of them. Like I, Jamal Williams just left, but, but let me pull, I don't even have these up. If you do. I can get them. Yeah. Let me get them real quick. Um, uh, yeah. That's the thing is a lot of them. You want Zeke in town as RB two? How about no, that? No, no, no. no I like Zeke. Zeke is like I a goal line. Power I respect, back. I respect Zeke a lot because last year, you know, it seemed like he wasn't having that good year, but he actually did have a pretty decent year last year. Oh, um, there's a running back that I, I thought would be fun. Okay. I don't know. He had a, he kind of had a down season last year, but he also didn't want to be where he was. I, I saw this name earlier and I was like, why don't we talk about him? Wouldn't Kareem Hunt be a nice change of pace back in this offense? Yeah. Yes. Yes. I would 100% like that. And I would, you know, I... I would think him, a guy like, well, if you want to go more with him, there were a few guys that I think in his vein are kind of the same, but Kareem Hunt is a guy that I saw and I was like, why not get him in as RB2? Yeah, yeah. I I mean, I think he's 27 years old and you look at kind of the the mold of, of, um, of running backs that have been able to um, succeed, you know, later in, into their later twenties. And, and those pass catching running backs are kind of those guys. Cause they're able to, you know, avoid the big hits and they're not running between the tackles every play. Um, it's funny because like for me, Brees Hall, right. Is, you know, he is not only a power running back, but he's also, you know, elite in the passing game has elite hands, elite speed, whatever he can kind of do it all. But with that said, you can't overwork these guys. I mean, you, he got injured last year and whether you want to say, you know, he was running the ball a lot, like 25 mm-hmm. plus times a game. Yeah. So, you know, even though it kind of feels like, Oh, well we have Brees, like he can do it all. You need to have someone reliable who can be that backup. And, and, you know, we're kind of shitting on Mike white or Mike Carter. Mike Carter didn't have the great year, but he is a competent running back, but it's I just, like you could, if you sign Kareem hunt, you know, he's a better version of Michael Carter almost. Yeah. I take a look at a guy. I take a look at, um, sorry, Kareem hunt 
which is where we just were. A guy like JD McKissick, he's a guy that's going to be a little bit cheaper and maybe not as familiar, but like pure, as far as pure pass catching running backs go, he's like one of the more underrated ones in the league. Um, so those would be two names I'd say if you miss out. Where on do you Hunt, land with Chase Edmonds? I guess I don't land anywhere with him. I see. I I don't pay attention. There are some teams that I just hate situationally positions for them. And for a while when he was with Arizona, I was just like, I don't I don't really pay too much attention. But then obviously he ends up where did he finish in Denver last year? The Dolphins. He was with Dolphins. Miami. And it's an interesting thing, That's because right. if you look Wait. at what Chase Edmonds did last year, you wouldn't really say it was a successful season <laughs> for him, you know? Yeah. He did end. Got? He he finished the season with the Broncos. I don't know if it was a trade oh, or if he got cut because they, they cut him. Yeah, they, they cut, cut him. him. Yeah, I didn't realize he got signed again. Um, but my thing with Chase Edmonds is like, sure, he may not be great, but but if you're gonna look for a guy who can like come in on third down and just catch the ball, Chase Edmonds can most certainly do that. That's what he's done his whole career. Right. Um, but with that said, you look at kind of Kareem Hunt and even J.D. McKissick who's three years older, they did kind of seem like, I mean, definitely Kareem Hunt, but even JD kind of seemed like they had more in the tank than him last year. So it's interesting. I mean, Ronald Jones is a free agent. I guess he stinks at catching the ball. So I'm yeah. actually out on him. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Darren Johnson is a free agent. He's a good player getting old though. Um, yeah. I don't know. I would like them to get another running back. I think really Kareem Hunt is, is my number one if I had to guess, but right. that's where I land. Do you have an answer to your question that you asked me when you think of one guy, one free agent? One well, there's position? not not really one guy or one free agent. I mean, I've always wanted like ever since he was cut, I wanted Ben Jones from the Titans to come in at center for the for the uh, Jets. And obviously we have their offensive line coach now um, from this past season. Ben Jones is not only just like everything that the Jets would want as a player to play the center position, but also the person like, do you remember Mike Vrabel's real emotional video in the locker in the tunnel yeah. last year with a player where he's crying down, breaking down like, that dude was playing through like three injuries at once and still gave it his all out. And like that kind of guy gets so much respect around the league. And I think for the jets would be a perfect character fit and also at a position that they desperately need. So Ben Jones is one guy I look at another guy. And this is funny because the jets did try and make a run at uh, the 49ers center, Jake Brendel uh, before he re-signed with the 49ers. But another guy, a depth piece with them would be Daniel Brunskill. Um, he is a guy that plays both guard positions can also play center. Most likely to me, ideally, would want him to be a depth piece. But if he needed to go in there and start at center, I think would be okay. So not a guy that's going to cost a lot. He's going to be a vet minimum guy. But at least in terms of like replicating and filling in a hole, at least along the interior, that's a guy that I like to take a look at as well, too. Um, any any Real thoughts? Quick, you know what I just line? realized? Yeah. We did not talk about Max Mitchell at all. When we were discussing the offensive we, line. I think we talked a little bit about him. I think we mentioned his name. Is he, did he got injured, right? So I, I think he's yeah. on the IR and that's why he's yeah. not showing up on their current roster. Yeah. So yeah, he's still that's around. interesting, but he is, I mean, he came, he plays tackle, right? He played yep. tackle last year. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, he came in and, and very much outperformed expectations. So of course, you, you know, that is just a little, you think about what the Jets Depth did tackle. last year, right? Where where they they went in hoping that you know uh, Dwayne Brown was going to be healthy and and uh, Makai was going to be healthy and like all these things were going to work out and they didn't. But you know when you do think about the tackles, <laughs> you're praying, you're crossing your fingers, and you're hoping that Makai comes back and Dwayne's able to you know, put together another good year after playing every game last year. But it, it does seem like to some degree they have some depth there because you do have Elijah who shoot, sh showed he could play there. And then you have a guy like Max, Max Mitchell, who's, you know, seemingly a good backup or, you know, whatever. So, yeah, to me, most depth, of the I mean, depth, you, you think about this interior there's nothing like we really yeah, have the depth that nobody. you need is along the interior offensive line. Whereas like, if you could get both of those guys, if you pay a little bit more cash to get a yeah. Ben Jones in there, and then also can bring in a depth piece that is also familiar with, you know, solid pulling another guy from that 49er team. That would be a nice combo to get in there. If it is just Brunskill and you're like, look, we're just going to pay a vet min guy at center and hope it goes well. Fine. Um, but I any would of these, any of these available centers have, have a, have connections to, 
to Rogers. AR twelve. No, the only one that the offensive lineman that I saw really was a oldie, but Billy Turner, who uh, was most recently with the Broncos, he was with the Packers um, and was a starter for all three seasons when Hackett was uh, the offensive coordinator there. So that would mean to be just more of a depth piece behind. Uh, How old is he? Dinner. Uh, let's. That's a great question. Let me check. I mean, he's definitely old. <laughs> he is. Oh, I guess that's not too bad. He's thirty-one. So that's not that's not as old as I thought he was. Yeah, that's not bad. My prediction for the Jets at center is that they're going to sign Connor McGovern again. Yeah, that's what I think is going to end up happening. I think it's going to be he's going to take he's going to I mean, maybe not, but I think he's going to, you know, not demand a huge deal. And there's not a ton of other options. I mean, maybe they go and get Pat uh, Ben Jones. But like I'm looking at the list here, like. Pat Elfline, like we had him, he's horrible. So I'm assuming all these other guys are also horrible. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I, I center has been one of those positions where like the past three years we've been like, we need to address center. And, you know, Connor McGovern's actually probably overplayed that, outplayed that, that ex- those expectations. But that just seems like the most likely to me. There I'd love to also... draft a guy. There's like some guys in, in the, uh, in the draft that I feel like are getting some buzz, but like, obviously you have to be in the position to take them, which it doesn't seem like we'll be in. There is also a, um, there is a, a chance that Ryan Kelly center for the Colts right now has been a, a pro bowler once or twice now is either going to be cut or traded. Um, I, I personally, I don't think a trade would make sense financially just because he does have a pretty big cap hit at the moment. But if he does get cut by the Colts who seem to just be, you know, going in for a little bit of a retool this year. He's a guy that I think would fit nicely along the offensive line. Um, so he would be another guy. It's some of these names, like it's so funny with the NFL, the way the NFL works, where you like, you look at the free agent list. And then if you look at the free agent list two weeks later, it's like, oh, this player got cut because they are bringing in this player. And now he's a free agent. Right, it's like All these right. guys still sit, get sent into free agency. So he's another name. I don't know how expensive he would be, but if he gets cut by the Colts would be a really good option there as well, too. Um, yeah. We got a, a few other down, man. I was gonna say I got a couple other names just before we we kick it on out and, and call it a night. But like in the middle of the defense, Linval Joseph, the Jets did try and bring him in last season. Defensive tackle depth piece would be a nice guy to kind of fill in for the loss that they had. Um, with got a my name. The names are so fucking off to me. Who they lose to Houston? Sheldon again. Rankins. Sheldon Rankins. Sheldon um, Rankins. And then yeah, I mean, uh, there's a few others. I mean, would a Dontrell Hilliard from from Tennessee bring in as that pass catching? running back he was the number two to derrick henry for a little bit did a nice job uh, the thing you always I actually do, like take a, Hilliard. you got to take a look at the ties because it's like okay now now downing is they're not downing no it is downing it is the the passing game coordinator for the jets now too so it's like where are we getting these ties in here between guys that could come in and be good fits to this part of the offense no he's not going to be your yeah. number one but okay we're bringing in this number two running back that's going to be familiar a little bit with with some of the offense there in the pass game um, as well too I'm trying and to think of yeah go ahead just another quick point to the running back position and like kind of the luxury of having a guy like Mike Carter is is maybe you don't need Kareem Hunt right like maybe you can bring someone else and they just share the load and you get you know a couple guys who are getting you know three to five touches yeah. a game and you have Brees getting the bulk you know like that that is like you can't if it's I, you know, I don't want to completely, but that's bury where it's like, well, that's the thing is it like Mike Carter had a really good rookie season. We were talking about a year ago about how much we loved Michael Carter as an RB two. I was in the mindset that I wasn't really like before we saw how great Brees Hall was. I was like, fuck it. If it's not there, like roll with Michael Carter. He was really effective. I think you still needed somebody yeah. to offset, but I loved him. He did have a down season, but the entire offense had a down season. So I don't know if we can necessarily put that on the player. Uh, of course, we had Bam Knight's yeah. ascension for like four weeks there too. So maybe they don't need to do any massive Bam. upgrades at running. Yeah, back. Bam Knight was was the like I he was so, was so awesome excited. for two games I was and so then excited. was just like <laughs> so meh. And it was like, but, come but on, but man! But, like you're but supposed but to also, be. His meh. No, one hundred percent. Teams just like okay, this correct. is correct. Correct. Yeah. So yeah, reminiscing on to. last year is so crazy. It's crazy. Just thinking about the first eleven weeks and how positive I was. It was going great. Yeah. Remember the coin? The coin was right every week for like a good. The coin was fun. 
Oh, any the other Patriots positions, any other names? Us. How do we feel? Nah, we, let's get I out of like, here. I feel like the names are the names this year aren't that appetizing, and and now it just comes down to here's the where I'll, here's where I'll here's the last thing I want to say. This is the only road where Zach Wilson could become a relevant yeah, quarterback again. I love this. I we need to fin- let's finish with this. It's hey, really interesting. I felt the same way Sorry. like months months ago. I think I told you about this that I was excited for this pairing. Yeah, yeah, you did. You were the first person who kind of brought it to my attention, and and I am I was very very much of the mind where like if the Jets bring in a vet QB, they're gonna play do the song and dance, and maybe they make Zach their backup, and they do it. But like Zach, most likely you want someone else to be the backup because they'll be better than Zach, and truthfully. Like the only thing that could have got me a little bit back on the maybe he'll figure it out is Aaron Rodgers coming and the ability. Like, you think about where Zach has struggled, it it is only mentally. You know what I mean? Like, like, like it's not setting your feet before you throw. It's 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 you know trying to aim as opposed to just throwing naturally. It's all these little things. It's not getting the ball out quick enough. Not being decisive. Like, there's all these things that a guy like Aaron Rodgers is so elite at that he's going to just be able to, you know, Zach Wilson is going to be able to watch him do that. He's going to be able to communicate with him on a daily, daily basis. And, you know, I, like, like I fully think that that is invaluable in picking up the quarterback position is just like actually being able to, Oh, I see this. I make this decision and and being able to watch someone else do that. Like, it has me holding out hope. Maybe Rogers is here for two years, and then maybe maybe Zach Wilson's Jordan Love. You know what I mean? And yeah. and becomes the starter who's who's going to be fine and average. It, it goes back to those joint practices two years ago. Like Zach yeah. Wilson came out, he's like, I idolized Aaron Rodgers growing up. You watch a lot of Zach Wilson's game; he is trying to mimic. Doesn't do it as well, but he tries to mimic a lot, and his, he his style looks a lot of like an Aaron Rodgers with the off platform, the, and the quick release. Angles, he tries. That's it. why he never throws off his his, his front it. foot because he's always trying to do the Rodgers release, which Rodgers fucking does it right. He, but. You know these this era essentially grew up. You know, obviously people idolize Brady as well too, but like Rodgers is one of those guys. The last few years that guys are coming up, and it's like no, I I loved watching Aaron Rodgers. Like yeah. Aaron Rodgers changed the way a little bit of the quarterback position, and so. He grew up idolizing him. Aaron Rodgers, after those joint practices, was like, Zach Wilson's going to be a great quarterback in this league. Like, came out and said it. Yeah, he's always hyped up. They're boys. They've been in connection for years. Obviously, Zach Wilson has to be better, and and there's a lot of growth that he needs to make. But two years sitting behind him. It's the best. It's his best case scenario. It is. It is. It's buying him time. It's, you know, it is his best case scenario. Yeah. Nice. Well, Teddy, congratulations. I'm sure Thank it was a very brother. fun day. Hopefully, let's make that, it real. Let's make, make it official. It, yeah, let's let's get a Shefty bomb, or it's not even a bomb at this point because it Aaron Rodgers be. went and did the it bomb. It won't be a Shefty. Well, I guess unless Shefty. the team gives it to him. Yeah. Will it be? Oh, Ian? that's. What, I wanted to say this at the top when we first talked about this, but but I do enjoy. You know, the league has become this league where, uh, you know, and and some players said it. I, I don't remember if it was Arian Foster. Or it might have been Rodgers. I can't remember, but some player was like, yeah, they pay, you know, agent like, for the, oh, like it was Aaron Schefter will pay agents yeah, or Aaron whatever. Was he lying? I don't know, because he also said the other thing about the script. So I, I'm not going right. to say if he was or not. I can't. I. It's just it, it like the way that that's all, you know, the 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 way of the league is that this is how news breaks. And Aaron Rodgers is like, you know what? I'm going to go on my buddy's podcast and I'm going to get a whole bunch of listeners like as a guy who runs a podcast with you. It does feel, you know, it's like, all right, Aaron Rodgers, like, yeah. but I mean, it's obviously Pat McAfee's already like the biggest podcast, one of the biggest in the world, but still. I think what it's always been, I don't know if it's necessarily like, here's a thousand dollars, give me a scoop, but it's like, hey, it's it's your wedding anniversary. Send a, right, send a, bou- yeah. send a bouquet of flowers to the house for you. Hey, you're in town for the no, combine. Send Let's like go a, get a nice a dinner. Fifty thousand dollar gift or some shit like exactly. that. Exactly, yeah. like they do, and and I'm sure as well too. It's not just Adam Schefter coming out of his pocket. I'm sure ESPN is like, here, Adam, here's your expense limit. Now go right. get some stuff here. So it's not like well, that's Schefter what, is like. It, it's so interesting. Like that's what his job is, right? Is to just like know people. He's a likable guy. And think about how much of that has to just come from like you know, 
oh, I'll take you out to dinner. I'll pay for your, you know what I mean? It's so, it's like selling a client at, at your work. You know, you, exactly. you pull out all the stops and you pay money you for them. And it's take like, them out on a nice golf trip. We're going, we're going golfing. It's a nice Sunday. Yeah. Let's just go out. Let's play nine. Let's get it, get it taken care yeah, of. Yeah. So that'll be interesting to see who drops it when it does hopefully happen. Probably Ian now, right? Or was he mad at Ian? I thought he was just mad at Diana and Adam. Well, uh, uh, in the past, Rogers has said Ian Rappaport and and Adam Schefter are both very good at their jobs, but they don't know anything about me. I would think so, at this point, I would think at this point, it's down to the teams now, where I feel like it it's out of Rogers. Right, well, they'll he be the ones who give it to someone to give yeah. it to someone. Yeah. yeah, that's where it could be Schefter or or whatever. But part of me is like Rogers might be like, oh, I'm going to give it to wingo Pat first because he's my boy yeah, <laughs> yeah yeah yep nice ted yeah. well that'll wrap it up for I'm today fucking amped Very up. Fun. this is a fun episode as, as depressing as it got those last couple of months it's nice to come on here and have some really exciting news to talk about so it's Fuck uh yeah it's good good things to come for 2023 thank you guys so much for listening to another episode of chasing 1969 make sure to follow us on twitter at nyj underscore chasing 69 same as the youtube teddy at teddy hunt joe i am at blake spring blake with four a's i almost got that wrong enjoy the rest of your week hopefully by the next time we come back on here we've got some more free agent moves hopefully we've got the official trade and, and the trade details to discuss as well too and then hey teddy we're almost a month away from the draft, so we're going to have to start kicking into some positional needs and where guys are looking at um, is in holes that the Jets need to fill. But until then, we will talk to you guys next week. Thanks so much again for listening. Peace.